Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. I am Lily, and I am here with none other than the pro wrestling protagonist, Kid Bandit. I'm very excited for this interview. So let's get going. We had some recording issues. We had some time zone issues, but everything's good. How are you doing? And where are you right now? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, considering that my hero, Cody, kind of left AEW, uh, learning to cope with that, you know, in a, in a weird way, like, you know, I was kind of like talking with you a little bit about it too before the interview started. It was, I was, Part of me wanted to be sad at first, and then I learned this is probably a great thing for them. You know, like they're they they're probably gonna focus on their family if you know that. And that's not a lot. Of, that's that's something not a lot of people like would know. Like really, like people think, oh yeah, Cody's Cody's doing this, Cody's doing that, because there's a lot of speculation what they're gonna do in their wrestling career. But I think we forget that the people behind the wrestling characters have lives outside of it, and I'm excited for them. I'm excited for their life beyond wrestling if, if they so choose to walk away for a while, focus on raising their family, you know. Um, I'm excited for the future of AEW too because like now it's now, – now we kind of had an idea where it was going because Cody's such an integral part of that. But uh, a, a, an AEW without Cody, that's, that's kind of weird to say. It was, it's almost like, you know, it's like an AEW without Tony Khan. It's like – where does it go from there, you know? And we've seen it with Impact, you know. It, uh, people from Impact, like, management left, you know. We've seen it from WWE, sort of. We saw it in, in New Japan when uh, Inoki kind of walked away from the from the main from the main top dog spot. So, life, uh, a wrestling world without Cody for a while, that that's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But it might it, it could be a great thing. And it should be a good thing for him because he made that choice, you know. And for Brandy too. I mean, Brandy, having a yeah. kid isn't easy as well, especially in that uh, that type of touring schedule. It's very, very demanding. 
Um, but while we're on this topic, I mean, it's very topical. Let's talk about Nightmare Factory. Let's talk about your relationship with Cody and the school, what it was like to train, and then maybe even talk a little bit about your first experience at AEW and what it was like backstage and uh, getting to wrestle and call spots with these amazing wrestlers. Uh, so the Nightmare Factory, uh, I, I, I think was probably what really launched my career. And I've always been proud to represent the school. Um, the the people I've met there, uh, I, it was like first of all, like QT Marshall is a great, wonderful coach who taught me a lot of the moves I do now. Yeah, and and, and I don't think he meant to do that because I I'm trying I'm trying to do stuff that no one's done before. But like every every time I'm I'm workshopping a move or a sequence. I think of his teachings. So, and, and, and I oftentimes than not, I think people forget that he is such an integral part of the factory too, as much as Cody is, you know? Like, we, people think Nightmare Factory, they think Cody, but like, low key, QT is also like a big part of that. So, so major props to coach QT. Um, but in terms of like why the Nightmare Factory, the, the answer is pretty freaking simple. I'm a big Cody mark. I, I'm, a, I'm one of the biggest Cody Marks in the world. So, so when I saw that he had a school uh, via Brooke Havoc, um, because uh, she posted about it on Facebook, and I was friends with Brooke before she became Brooke Havoc. So when I saw that she posted that, I had to get there. Um, and my school at the time was already closed uh, because of the pandemic, right? So I, t- I tell my training partner, my my best friend Ish, I was like, hey, bro. What do you feel about going to Cody Rose's school? And this was around the time where, you know, Cody was still in AEW, so like the executive vice president, right? So, so you're like, you know, not only could this be a wonderful opportunity to learn from one like the one one of the best wrestlers in the world, uh, being surrounded by all these elite talent, this is also a wonderful opportunity for me to just, you know, get eyes on us, you know, on us, uh, AEW eyes on us. It ended up becoming great because, like, I ended up on dark. You know, I ended up, and I like to believe that my association with the Nightmare Factory was a big integral part of that. And you know, while we're talking about dark, yeah, let's talk about dark. Um, that that whole experience was uh. Like in what a happened that, that day? What happened the entire day? What was it like backstage? Who was there? Like, how did you guys call spots? What can you reveal? What can't you reveal? I'm very curious. I will reveal everything because it's sweet. <laughs> I think everything from that episode has already been kind of aired. I think. But yes, it's, it's been long enough. Yeah, it's been long enough. Okay, cool. Um, so so I we we like to think that this is like kind of like a graduation ceremony for the Nightmare Factory student to like be on dark. But I think one of the funniest things was I woke up that the day I found out I was gonna be on dark. I was. I was sit, sit, sitting at home with my partner, and I go on my phone. I, I hardly check my emails. I should check my emails more, but, like, yeah. And this is bef- way before I blew up, right? Like, way well, – like, actually, that's not even that's not even true because I, I kind of blew up overnight, right? Like, this this whole – I kind of skyrocketed, like, like basically like that, and it's kind of scary. But but going back, I, I this is before I was, like, trending on Twitter, right? So I, I go on my, my email. I'm like, hey – What's going on here? And it's an email from AEW. I'm like, oh, ah, what does that mean? You know? And they say you have been invited to be on our dark taping. And I'm like, oh my god, this is happening. All right, I gotta go. 
gotta go train. Oh my god, I can't, I can't come into, I can't come into this like blindfolded, right? So I, uh, I mean, I get. So you know, fast forward a couple of weeks later, we were uh, Ish and I are on, on eight. First of all, Ish wasn't even booked on AW yet. Like it was just me. But like we attended a seminar with QT, and we kind of just went up to QT and be like, "Can Ish be on Dark? Because like you know like." Why not? Uh, he's your student too. He's with me. You saw his debut. You know you can go. Can he be on dark? And QT's funny, dude. He QT looked at me. He's like, "Why wouldn't he be on dark? I book him before I book you, Bandit." I'm like, "Okay, that's." I fair. can picture him saying that for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he did. He absolutely did. And, and, and like, I, I didn't even take no offense because I agree with QT. I would book Ish because Ish is six foot five. He's 250 pounds. He can go. He's, he's a great wrestler. And when QT said that, I'm like, you know what? I agree with you. <laughs> I really, I'm really kind of surprised why Ish was booked. I, I was in book before I was booked. But, but anyway, that's, that's just a funny QT story. So, so he got booked on dark because we asked politely. So, so if you're going to ask a like, pro tip, if you're a pro wrestler listening to this, if you're going to ask someone, you can get booked somewhere. Just be very polite. You know, don't don't come up and be like, "Yo, I'm great. Let me get let me get on TV." No, be like, "Hey, sir. Hey, man. Hey, hey, whatever preferred pronoun you'd like me for 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 me to use. I will be politely asking for an opportunity." And it's like, "Wow. Oh my God. Sure. Why not?" <laughs> you know, like being nice then, gets you very far in a lot of industries for sure. I, honestly, I I I recently went to Sir Panico seminar. Um, like. Was it last week? It was last week. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I didn't. I didn't know there was a Serpentico uh, seminar even. Uh, yeah, I was a. He was in the show. He was um. He was in the main event, and part of like the whole thing. Usually, when there's a assigned a talent that's a flying in for a promotion, they the the promotion usually tries to get a seminar going on. That way, it helps. It helps. Uh, it helps offset a lot of the funds because you know you're paying to do to learn from one of a. Well, someone so you know that's that's a profit um thing there but also because like these flines they made it they they made made it to promised land and any insight from them is invaluable right so it, it's like getting like someone someone who you know it's like you're going to mit and tony stark comes in and and suddenly it's like oh now i get to learn from tony stark what i need to do to like you know it's like whoa yeah I don't know why I use Tony Stark. I could have used like someone real, like Elon Musk, but you know, whatever. So, <laughs> like <laughs> Tony Stark. Same, same, but different. Huh? Same, same, but different. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Serpentico basically. Sorry, I I go off on tangents a lot, but Serpentico said like something super profound. It was it was just like you probably you probably get further in this business just but just be nice, and if you. And like, if you're gonna compromise who you are as a person to backstab your way to the top, what do you do when you get to the top and suddenly everybody that you stepped over is there with you? Because they'll remember you screwing them over, right? Exactly. But if you never compromise your values as a good person and you get there, you might it might take longer. It definitely will take longer, but it's more gratifying. And I'm just like, when he said that, I was like, yeah. You know what? That, that's why I, I mean, I, I, that's not the first time I've heard that. So I heard that from QT too. Like I heard that straight from QT's mouth. And Cody, Cody said that too. He's like, just be good. Like you, you'd for, get further along in wrestling by being a good person than you are as a great athlete. And it's it's so true. Because even if you are a shit heel, you still have to be a nice person to everyone you're working yeah. with. Yeah. Right? So. And 
that goes a long way, I think. It's like, because, because sometimes we as wrestlers, especially indie wrestlers who don't have followings yet, like, you know, I'm starting to get a following. I'm learning that the, the ideals I portray, and uh, believe me, I don't portray them all the time. I preach it, but I don't always live it because I'm human. But the ideals I portray as Kid Bandit helps people through their hardships. And I, I don't know if that's just because they want to talk to me and say stuff like that. But when I do see people open up to me and say, oh, wow, like you being comfortable in your skin, you you just being a beacon of hope and brilliant, like, you know, polite person online that helps me get through my hard days. And I'm like, the really? world needs more positive people. The world needs more kid bandits, in my opinion. And uh, I think we see that, um, you know, we haven't seen too much of it, but you kind of portray yourself as this anime character in the ring. And I do want to hear more about your experience in the ring at dark and like what was going on backstage with Fuego, Cody, whoever might have been there. And also <clears throat> kind of want to hear about, um, I mean, it's no secret you're an anime fan, but kind of in your own words, um, why you think that wrestling is such a good medium to use um, like an anime character or gimmick quote unquote with so dark was stressful oh my i can imagine yeah it was stressful it was like in, in a weird way my 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 notoriety like kind of went against me there and at least on the first time the second time not so much but the first time i was at dark yeah so like let me kind of like familiarize people with the process uh, when you're we're backstage you kind of i might get in trouble for actually revealing this but but there's a there's a process that where you kind of find out how you find out who you're facing with it's very it, it's like you you find out the day of maybe even a couple of minutes before the show starts you find out who you're working all that stuff and that's to be expected that's how it is sometimes you know especially as, as an extra challenge that's i think that's just how it is right but you find out the day of, a couple of minutes before your match. I had the luxury of knowing I was facing Cody, um, via via the fact that when Cody got to <clears throat> to the to Orlando to Universal Studios, everybody went up to him, shake his hand. I said hello. Yeah, hey, coach, what's up? Good to see you again. It's been a couple of months. And he's like, Oh, Bandit, perfect. Uh, I believe I'm wrestling you with Dean and Frego. And I'm like, Oh. Great, I'm wrestling my high, my childhood idol. Nice. Really good for the blood pressure. Really good for the yeah, blood pressure. Yeah, really great for the blood pressure, you know. Yeah. Whatever, man. It's not like I've just been like the biggest Cody Rhodes fan my entire life and now now I'm literally a couple of hours away from, you know, from my big TV debut. I'm finding out I'm debuting in AEW against my childhood hero. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> None at all. None at all. But, you know, so now, I, I, you know, I had that luxury of knowing I was wrestling him earlier than most. And what ended up happening was since I already knew I was wrestling him, when they made that list of, like, who, who, who's working what, when I didn't see his name or my name, I'm like, okay, I'm free to chill. I'm probably on the second taping. So I, Leva Bates, uh, the librarian, went up backstage and said, hey, we need some extra talent to fill in seats in the crowd just in case, like, there's people, you know, like, who don't show up and honor their tickets, whatever. So I was like, okay, why not? You know, I, I, I want to get, like, dude, I get to have ringside seats in the AEW for free, and then I get to wrestle later here? Like, sign me up, man. This is like a dream come true. 
So I sit in the crowd. I'm waiting there, and I have my hair done. My hair is done. My makeup was even done. I don't have my gear on though. I have my my shirt and jeans because I want to be kind of incognito, right? <laughs> Me incognito. It, it's not gonna happen. But but I tried, you know. So I'm sitting there next to my old teacher, Heather Monroe. And I thought I thought I was just funny, right? Because like you know, we're we're in a weird way. My 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 career was coming into full circle up to this moment. We were watching the show, and a producer comes backstage. Oh man, behind me, he says, "Are you Kid Bandit?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" He's like, "We need you backstage." I got backstage, and Fuego was there. Cody was there, and Dean was there. Actually, Fuego wasn't even there. It was just Cody. And Cody's like, "Well, we're gonna be up in three matches." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'm not in gear. <laughs> I gotta get in gear." So we're gonna call this match, right? Just, just bandage. Just no think pressure. Well. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. He's like, no pressure. No pressure, right? Cody comes up to me. He's like, Bandit, I just want you to think of one move that you want to do, that you know, that, that you want to get in on the match. All right, I'm like, bet. I'll I'll do that spinning corkscrew kick to the corner that Mike Bailey does. I I do it too. So I was like, oh, that's what I'll do. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And we're supposed to call a match with Fuego. Fuego gets there. He's like, all right, let's let's figure this out. And then and the producer comes up and he yanks Fuego away. He says, Fuego, you got to get ready for your match with Tony Nese. He's like, ah, shoot. Okay, Cody, call my stuff. Just call everything for me. And I'm like, uh-oh, SpaghettiO. I'm not in gear. And then Cody's like, all right, we'll, we call the match. Uh, Dean gives me the idea of, like, I'll, I'll we'll do the assisted hand um, Rana spot into a powerbomb. And I've... I've I've taken power bombs. I've done like the rope climb thing. I've never done the jump up into a Rana thing ever. I you just sold it like like I thought you were dead. <laughs> I think I think that's like all the the easy the easiest thing is just like if you're not sure of your offensive capabilities, just make sure you could sell good. Exactly. At of, yeah. At the end of the day, like what what was my job there it was to make Fuego and Cody look good, and if I'm gonna make myself look good somehow. Out, out, that's icing on the cake, right? So <clears throat> I ended up. So I what ended up supposed to be, I'm just gonna get one spinny kick in, and somehow it ended up with me doing a Naruto run suicide dive on Cody. I don't know how that happened. I really don't remember. I just remember it all became a blur after that because I remember after we called the match, I'm scrambling to put my gear on. I'm like freaking out. I saw Ish just chilling. He's like, "Why are you? Why are you rushing?" And I'm like, "Dude, my match is right now. What's going on?" You know. So, so we did. We do all that. We we do our match. And the funniest thing was, since I was literally in the crowd, like maybe like not even like ten minutes, like maybe like five minutes ago, and suddenly I'm in that ring, barely on my gear. I haven't even like tightened my belt strap, and people like some people saw me. And they're like, "What?" is that you know like what are they wearing and because like this is like for a lot of people this was their first exposure to me you know the second time around the uh, people recognized me and uh, there was they were chanting dpw because you know like because i was a uh a deadlock so but i i do think the first time around it, it it was a lot of like okay this is my chance to show the world who i am what i can do and i'm i only really got three moves to do it to so i might as well make them count and I forgot that I'm wrestling. Like, at, at that point, until... Because Cody's wearing a mask, right? He's, he's Fuego Dos. Oh, oh shit. 
Oh shit! <laughs> like Cody is not Fuego Dos. Quite, hey, hey, that imposter is not Cody. Right? <laughs> okay, so so anyway, in an alternate in an alternate reality, this happened. Yeah, this, 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 this hey, hey, if if you're in AEW and you're you know listening, I am not breaking kayfabe. We are fantasy booking. We are fan- <laughs> This is a fantasy booking. <laughs> okay, so 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 Fuego Dos. Um, uh, you know, I'm wrestling and I forget, oh my god, that's my favorite wrestler of all time, and I'm about to kick the shit out of them in that corner right now. <laughs> the, my life is weird right now, dude. And then, and I do, and that was, that's it. And I, that's like, that that to me was like the highlight of my life that, until that point. It was just like, it was your protagonist whoa. moment. It really was. The best, the best part was, I go backstage, I'm crying. I'm crying, dude. I'm like, my life's just. This validates all the hardships I've ever had to deal with in my life to get to this. Especially point. since the past two years, things have been like really difficult, especially for per performers. Yeah, yeah. It, you're right. Like, it validates because I'm I'm five foot five. I don't lie about that. I don't I don't have a build height. I'm, I just say I'm five foot five. You know, and being a wrestler at my height my build you know, it's, it's it's not easy it's it's you you understand your role is just be be kind of like a rag doll you get tossed around i mean sometimes you get lucky like marco stein you know i look up to marco because marco made it to the big time being the height he is you know or ray even ray fuego del sol yeah yeah but that's the thing is i wrestled fuego del sol and i forget he's about my size because he's no way, way. He, the way he carries himself is like larger than life, right? Like, like you you don't look at him and think, "Oh, they're short." You look at them and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's Fuego del Sol." You know, like that. That's what people see. And regard, like you know, because he's a star. You know, so yeah. well, even Abaddon, I didn't know she's almost uh, like five ten, five eleven. She's very tall, but you're used to kind of seeing her as this demonic, yeah, um, almost like hunched over character. So it's, I, it's I, I do think it's yeah, I do think it's funny because like Abaddon's shoot scares me, like her current character because I, I I can suspend my disbelief and I like sometimes when I watch her matches I'm like oh she really is a zombie no, I'm, I'm I'm scared of her <laughs> like but but, but yeah I met her backstage I was kind of like hesitant to like talk to them because i'm like oh my god you scare you actually do scare me i'm an adult i'm an I'm adult human being and you scare me so what do you even <laughs> say especially in kayfabe you're like oh my god uh, it's polite to just go around and say hi to everyone yeah it you know there there's two like when i was backstage there was two people three people i really had a hard time saying hi to just because i was a big fan of them they or or they did something great for me that i just never got over that's because, what i would struggle with yeah yeah it's like Oh my god! Like with Cody, it wasn't hard because I've trained under him. But like Sean Spears, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to say hi to him because I remember watching um, uh, to NXT when he was Ty Dillinger, and there was a part where he went back. Oh, he went outside to hand over hot chocolate to like fans because it was cold, and I was one of those people. And I was like, whoa! Like this is so cool. And so I could never bring myself to say hi to him backstage, and I'm, I was kind of low-key worried that he might think I'm. I'm like ignoring him. I'm not. I was just like, like he did so. He did a kindness to me that it just made me, made me too awkward to like approach him. You know, uh, it was that. It was um, it, it was Abaddon because, like I said earlier, she scares me, not in, in a good way. Like her character scares me. She she as a person probably like you know I'm sure she's a sweet human being, but her character legit scares me. 
it, it's hard to talk to it, it was hard to talk to Sunny uh the second time around. I mean, I'm glad that she uh I'm glad that they approached me and and actually <laughs> initiated the conversation because I look up to Sunny a lot. Um, I, I like Sunny rules. Like, Sunny rules. Yeah. So I I didn't know how to approach them. You know. So so. I, Sorry, I, I like I go off on tangents. But. No, 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 it's all good. And I think a little bit earlier before when we were talking about your character, you obviously talked about your anime influence. So why don't you kind of talk about how that works with wrestling for you? Because I mean, uh, we did talk a little bit off camera about it, but it's kind of an obvious connection and hearing it in your words kind of is better than in my words. Uh, so I hope you don't mind the explanation twice. <laughs> but uh, okay, how do I even structure it so, so I make it cool again? All right, so... Throughout history, <clears throat> okay. So throughout history, humanity, or at least the better side of humanity, has always prevailed. The Allies beat the Nazis. Yeah, you know, if if you believe in the Bible, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Let's avoid. Let's, and so let's on avoid, and so forth. Yeah, let's avoid talking about religion. Like, you know, um, let's talk about the Greeks. Like. The Battle of Thermopylae, the the e the evil Persians who was invading like and trying to like assimilate the Greeks, you know they were able to hold them back, you know. So there's countless of times in. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. History where where I think good has triumphed over evil. And not and, not, and obviously good and evil are subjective. Like you, 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 you don't fight you don't find the side without thinking that your side is correct, right? You 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 believe your doctrine, you believe your your mission, the vision, all that stuff. But you know, looking back, all the stuff like I like to believe it might come off as naive, but I like to believe that good always triumphs over evil. And I think that's what makes anime great, shonen anime specifically. Because, you know, if you look at the plots of Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, My Hero Academia, you know, like these these coming of age, like young adult, you know, like animes, they're all it's always about like someone from like meager means overcoming so many obstacles to to save the world, more or less. And and it's funny because that relates to so many people that that I'm nobody and I could become somebody and save the world in the process. That that's like the basic JRPG plot, right? Like you're playing a game, uh, you're you live in like some minor village, suddenly like something happens and then you you end up with like the magic sword from a cave or you know, like, you know, some something, you know, like it's it's 
It's a tale that's been told multiple times. And wrestling does that. I mean, if you think about it, wrestling, the greatest wrestling storylines have that payoff of good beating evil. And as naive as it sounds, I like that. I like I like to think that I'm not... I, yeah, I've gone through hardships in life that made me kind of jaded about certain things, but, you know, I like to think that being, that, that good triumph, like winning over evil or, or good beating bad, that that still holds weight to people struggling with things. Would there What's also- your favorite example of that in wrestling? Um, good prevailing over evil. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to name two. It was uh, Brian Danielson. And his yes movement, the peak of it, when he beat Triple H in Mania, and then he beat Orton Batista at Mania at the same night, win the title. You know, that was like the picture perfect moment of like overcoming all the struggles, especially because I'm short. Like, I mean, I think Brian's taller than me. I have to like see him again to confirm, but like, yeah, like that, that was very validating for a lot of us who, you know, aren't, aren't like the prototypical wrestler type archetype and conversely brian danielson versus kofi kingston you know where the roles are reversed and brian's now the evil like champion who and kofi was that one person that you know they had had that 11 year odyssey that they needed to validate by winning the big one at the biggest stage of them all you know i think that was i think i think that's it i think uh those are my favorite examples and the fact that I'm kind of like living a parallel life with Deku from My Hero Academia and Cody as my All Might. And Cody just retired, just like how, like, you know, All Might kind of retired in My Hero Academia. And Protagonist I went, moment again. It is. And like I, like, I can't even make that up because, like, it's just happening to me. It's scary. Yeah. It, like I, I mentioned earlier, it's like stuff like this great drama, great tea. Love to oh, see yeah. it from. Love to see it from the sidelines. I hate to be part of it, you know, but but I am. I'm in the center of this moment. This is my moment of like, oh my gosh, my my mentor retired, just like the character I I you know portray has like you know like because I there's a lot of parallels with Midoriya from my hero, right? So like the fact that Cody retired just like All Might did, and I'm already supposed to be like the Deku of like pro wrestling. Uh oh. This is weird. How, how do you think that's going to affect you going forward? Do you think it's going to affect you? Or do you think it's just going to kind of light a fun, fire under your ass to just keep going even harder? Or is it something else? For me specifically, and as arrogant as it sounds, because, you know, I hate I hate to be that person to acknowledge that I have a following now. But I do have a following. now. I have actual fans. And I get to take what Cody and Glacier said to heart because they what why does Cody like, we don't we don't think of Cody and think that oh we don't think of Cody and think cross like crossroads we do sometimes you know we don't think we don't think of Cody like we do with Ricochet when when we think of Ricochet we think oh Ricochet is gonna do some physics defying stuff in his match or Sammy Guevara Sammy Guevara is gonna do some some crazy flips you now you think of Cody you think Wow, Cody makes me feel something. Cody makes me like he makes me feel like wow, like they're fighting for something important or or their ideals. Like 
like they they stand for things. They're not they don't come into that ring to do a backflip and make people just go wow. Like what 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 a pageantry, you know? Like they 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 tune into Cody because they're excited to see what kind of story they'll tell. And I believe we were talking about it. At the end of the day, we are storytellers, just like anime, right? And Cody tells a story magnificently all the time. Sorry that my dog might be barking in the background. It's okay. My bird's kind of <laughs> being loud. I was wondering. I was like, is that a bird yeah. or what's going yeah, on? It's a, it's, yeah, she's a parrotlet. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Cody is a um, you know, he's a master storyteller. And I, I think that's what I want to be. I want to make fans feel things. And... I, I made a post about it on Twitter, but I, I feel like I sh- it might come off different when I say it out loud. And it might hit me different when I say it out loud, but Cody gave me Kid Bandit. I'm not, I, I didn't come up with it on my own. He gave me that. He gave me, he gave me a platform to do good to the world. And in a weird way, he started my anime journey because, or my JRPG journey more accurately because before Kid Bandit, I was a nobody. I was just some person living the life of the, no direction. And now here I am with a platform I could use to help people, the LGBT community, the fans who didn't really have a role model like me. And man, I hate to say that because I don't see myself as a role model. I just, I can barely, I barely tolerate my, myself half the time, but. I like to think being Kid Bandit is helping me become a better person too, because I I can't I can't preach all the stuff I say and not live those ideals. That that's hypocritical, and I'll admit I don't get to do that often. I'm I'm a flawed human being, but to try and aspire to become that person, much just like how Cody, you know, like the meme is what Cody's trying to end racism. Oh yeah, Cody ended racism. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay, everybody makes fun of that, but like, dude, that's such a like if you if you look at like what they're trying to do, that's such a cool thing. That like why wouldn't you want to end racism, you know? Like like yeah, it's memey because of like the way like people make make it like oversimplify everything, but man, like that's people just can't have nice things, period, especially in wrestling. Um, yeah. And I guess that kind of leads us to, like, where you're at now. Like, where are you training? What are your goals? How do you deal with, you know, having this responsibility, having a lot of followers, having trolls maybe come after you? How do you, like, recover and not burn out? Oh, I'm burnt out. I am okay. very burnt out. <laughs> we love honesty. We love honesty. Oh, I am so burnt out, dude. Oh man, <laughs> I thought about retiring so many times. Not, not because like, not because I don't like what I do, but because I'm like, like I, I previously mentioned. I think, I think my my rise to like stardom happened almost overnight, right? It was like one minute. I'm like, aha, look, like that's they they look pretty cool. And then, oh wow, look, they're Samus from Metroid. Oh wow, look, they're on Dark. Oh wow, look, oh my God, like now, now nobody can. Now look, Kid Ben is on trending on Twitter. It's like, wow, and this all happened less than a year. Like I think, I think like usually like people's rise in wrestling kind of gets spread out multiple years at least. 
<laughs> you know, like Brody King yeah. got signed to AEW, but he's been in the business for five years. Five years yeah. may not seem like a lot, but that's a lot. You know, that's like yeah, it's a chunk like of change of time for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. like what, like he he, that's like four Star Wars movies from Disney. You know, so like, so hey man, it's like, like twelve yeah. Marvel movies, even that's, more. That, yeah, yeah, that's twelve yeah. Marvel movies right there. Yeah, from my debut till now, I believe there's only been two two Marvel movies. <laughs> oh, three, three. It's Black but Widow, been good Spider-Man, ones. and Shang-Chi. Huh? They've been good. They've been good ones. Yeah, they've been good ones. But, but like, they're just like, you know, I, I, dude, I'm not even a year in. I'm not even eight months in yet. Like, that would be what? Like, in, in, in two weeks, I'll be eight months into the business. But it, until then, I'm not even eight months in. And I blew up like that. And it's scary. It's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. It's like, I go, I go like, I go from my, hey, I have a couple of select fans I talk to all the time, check in on them. And now there's hundreds of them. And now yeah. there's thousands of them. And it's like, oh my God. Who checks like, in on you though? Like, do you have someone that kind of, you know, keeps you humble or maybe not even keeps you humble, but just kind of checks in with you, make sure that you're, you know, you're doing all right. Your mental health is like at least in a place where you can, you know, function and, and, and get in the ring and feel confident. Um, because I, I know that that is something that a lot more wrestlers are starting to come out and talk about is um, the importance of mental health and, and you know, talking to people about problems and things like that. Yeah. Um, outside of wrestling, I do have friends that, you know, I have a partner that helps me. Yeah. Bless them because, like, they, they, they're, they're very awesome. They're very smart. I, I'm terrible at finding my car keys. And they always find my car keys for me, so I think you know, like the, the little things add up, right? Um, but I I also have uh the fans, you know, the brigands, yeah, they they help me out too because because they well, I have a Discord channel now that I start I didn't even start it I don't know how to use Discord but I it happened and I basically just had people like my goal with that was like hey I don't care about like Discord much. But if we could turn this Discord channel into like kind of like a safe space for, because I know I understand my fan base, really I do. They a lot of them are end end up either LGBT, or just like they're not like they're not normies. They're they're usually people who, who struggle with a lot of the stuff I struggle with. Like they're all yeah. I saw you were shouting out furries before this on Twitter. I thought that was yeah, pretty cool too. Yeah, like they yeah. they could be furries, you know, and yeah. like just like a demographic that's often like made fun of or misrepresented. Ostracized. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And if I could yeah. turn my fan base into like a safe community for these people to like just interact or find out that like wow, like oh oh we we started off as kid banded fans, but now suddenly like you know like yeah I find out that they're furry and now we're best friends and we're well, using matter. social media for good, which is something that yeah like, not a lot of people do. So that's awesome. I I and this stems from the fact that I watch a lot of YouTubers who just seem so fake. They're like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's have a discussion about mental health. Okay, you're discussing mental health. What are you doing to help people, though? Like, exactly. Like, I have such a, and this is gonna come off so bad, but you know, I don't care. People who say they're mental health advocates, a lot of the times when they say that, it's pandering. It's like, 
Oh, are you though? Are you though? Because like well, it's about themselves. You... It's not about yeah. advocating for others or a specific cause or a group of people or a yeah. certain type of illness that you might experience or a family member. I mean, myself, sure. I, yeah. I I have my own issues and I'm so open with it and I would never pander like that. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. I, I, I absolutely. And, and I, far be it for me to say some of these people aren't genuine because like I don't know them personally, but like if. Yeah, I've just seen it. I've seen it go wrong so many times, and just like I don't want to be like that, you know. Like if I have if I have an opportunity, like I used to dream as a kid to like want to help people, right? Like I would dream of like, oh, I hope like there's a burning building while I'm walking back home from school, and there's a there's a baby in the second floor, and I'm I'm a Russian all hero heroic style pick up the baby do parkour again the protagonist yeah the protagonist i've I've always wanted opportunities like that obviously like you know i'm glad nothing like that happened because like if i if something like that did happen and i did try to be stupid i would probably be dead but (laughs) but here we are now in 2022 where my platform of helping people is social media and like if i could come come into that can I be honest? I haven't really profited off wrestling. I've lost way more money than I have. So all this isn't like some kind of like, you know, overly convoluted plan to get myself profits. Like I sell a shirt on like online and it, and I, it, and it's, uh, it's the design was ripped off from Cody because I love Cody, right? But, but I, I, donated mostly and i made it known to be like i'm just i'm just gonna donate all most of the proceeds half of the proceeds to a charity because i want to do you're not doing this for clout you're doing this i think for the right reasons and the right intentions but like i also have to admit that i am doing some stuff for clout because ultimately as an entertainer in in the in the show this, this is showbiz right we are clout chasers the key isn't to chase clout and do nothing with it. The key is to go about it in a very tactful way where you not only hopefully leave good in the world, but also your, your approach isn't like, oh my gosh, here's Jake Paul, or I don't even know what Paul brother did did it, but like the the whole Japanese suicide forest thing. That's like, wow, what the hell is this? You know? So you can use cloak for good and you can use cloak for evil, just like we're talking about before. And so I I agree with you there. And especially in entertainment, no matter what your medium is, whether it's music, wrestling, film, painting, it's, it's, it's rough. I think, honestly, I think in the beginning I was just intoxicated by the attention, but um, over time I'm learning to use, to use this as like a way to, Hey, if I can get all the furries that like me to like, introduce themselves to each other and just you know have that safe community sure it doesn't take much of my day it just it took me like what like a minute to like formulate that whole sentence i was high i was sorry i was high last night when i made that status because i was just like yo furries have been having a bad rap see what you're lucky you're luckier in la because you got good bud like we're we're lucky in (laughs) toronto too like i'm a stoner as well it's legal here so i i know i know (laughs) yeah 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 but yeah, no, I was high last night. I made that status. I was just like thinking. I wasn't even thinking about like their plights and tribulations of the furry community. I was just thinking like, wow, this this sucks for them. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think the only reason why I did was because I saw Bojack talk about furries and Gwen talk about furries. I'm like, all right, let's talk about furries real quick. Yeah, they they've had it rough. Let me see if I can do something about it. And it doesn't take much. And I don't think I did much anyway to begin with. But it's no, there. you just used your platform, right? So yeah. So using and, your platform, yeah, absolutely using your platform. Using your platform for good. Um, and, and to kind of cap things off, um, what about the future of Kid Bandit? Who are your dream opponents? What do you want to do with 2022? What are you working on? What can you tell the people? Um, honestly, I, I, I'm booked a lot. You know, I hope, I, I hope to be in GCW soon. Hope to get oh. signed. That'll be nice, you know, but the future and this is going to kind of break my heart to say, right? At one point, I wanted to get signed. I wanted to get signed so bad. And that's kind of why I changed my hashtag to, like, Summon Kid Bandit. Because it's a signed Kid Bandit, right? Because it's like, yeah, I, I would not say no to a contract, money, uplift my family, make sure they're well taken care of to the end of their days with my wealth. That would be so nice. There's no shame in that at all. I yeah, think that's no. a very noble goal. <laughs> right? But for me now, it's like, I just, if I can, because like I said, I haven't profited off this, nor do I care about profiting right now. I just want to do good. Well, that's why I wanted to kind of give you this platform um, with Fightful to kind of, you know, give you an opportunity <laughs> to just uh, say things in your own words, tell the fans what's up. Uh, tell the fans, you know, what might be up in the future, what it's like kind of being a wrestler during COVID, what it's like training at Nightmare Factory, um, and a bunch of other cool things too. I mean, I think this was a great uh, conversation. Um, we are uh, running out of time though. So I want to wonder if there's anything else you want to add, share with your fans and followers, anything you want to hype up or promote that's coming up for you? Yeah. Hold on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.